job, Nukov. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, holy is your name. Thank you for bringing us together here today, for your loving kindness toward us, for sending Jesus not just so he could save us from our sins, but so he could show us how to have life, true life, in the here and now on the earth. Help us to do as you taught us, love our enemies, give freely to those in need, be light and salt in a world of darkness around us. And Holy Spirit, give us the strength to do these things, not out of selfish ambition or vain conceit or just out of thinking of ourselves, but out of humility, gentleness, the way Jesus did with compassion, love in his eyes, his heart. Help us to have that same desire in ourselves so that we may be your hands and feet in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, man. Thanks, guys. Hey, good to see you guys again. How about that? Hey, I am so excited about what we get to talk about today, which is generous community. Uh, Basically, I've gotten to spend the summer uh, in lots of different trips with lots of different groups of people and, uh, and being able to be here. And the one thing that I continue to see over and over is that New Cove is filled with awesome people. And when you look to your left and your right and behind you and in front of you, there are people in this room that have awesome stories, great giftings, and all these dots that I want to help to connect and help us to become uh, just this really cool community that makes an awesome impact for Jesus. So, and I feel like New Cove is right there. We're ready uh, to be able to, to be mobilized in, in that uh, way. So, as I, as I get to talk today, I get to bring up a few different people that I'm really excited about. Uh, and first, I'm going to ask Marilyn to start making her way up here because uh, she's going to talk a little bit about uh, search team process. And as I, as I talk today, uh, I want you to know that uh, when, I talk, when I think about generous community, I'm thinking about using your time, your talents, and your resources for one another and to help others to know Jesus. And so we had this amazing opportunity for a group of people this year uh, to be a part of our search team, uh, our pastor search team. And Marilyn, you chaired that team, right? Yes, I did. And you'd agree it's an amazing opportunity. It was. Yeah. It is. So here's what was really cool. Uh, staff and governing board, we, we worked together to, to figure out like, okay, we want, we want a slice of this. And so, so the people that were on there, we just kind of all uh, chatted and invited you to be a part of that. And so, but from the, from the big picture, a lot of us haven't been able to see the ins and outs, the countless hours. Can you count the hours? Is that, is countless a true statement? I don't know. Could Abraham count the stars? Oh. <laughs> I'll let you be the first to question the candidate that's coming next weekend. <laughs> So, Marilyn, tell us just a little about what, what is it that, that we didn't get to see? Okay. Uh, how many of you remember maybe last January, February, coming up here and doing some focus groups? Where a lot of you, maybe, some of you, yeah. So, we, well, first thing is we decided um, that in this day and age, uh, using a search group, um, 
a consultant was the way to go. And I think that that was absolutely, um, is really a detailed process. And so uh, after some research, uh, governing board and staff came with, uh, signed a contract with NL Moore, and they, uh, the contract was is that they would provide us with three to five candidates align, that align with New Covenant. And the staff and the governing board spent a lot of time on a document outlining um, everything about New Cove, from our statement of faith, our culture, how, how we worked, so that NL Moore could begin looking for a candidate that, or candidates that would be aligned with our church. And then uh, they came and spent three days here last February gathering more information and talking to um, ministry leaders, staff. Uh, they interviewed Pastor Tim. Um, they interviewed a lot of folks. So they learned a lot about our church before they just said, hey, here's some people. Absolutely. And uh, so they started then with, you know, they have a, a large pool of candidates. And so they started with a pool of about 300 and started looking for that alignment. And they sent out emails. Are you interested in this position? Hey, you match this position. Are you interested? And so there was time spent. So they uh, spent three months after they gathered all the data and came up with a profile of based on the survey and all the interviews. And so they set about searching. And so they um, were asked, our contract was three to five candidates. And we got five candidates to interview. <clears throat> and so, which I think was... Um, a, more than we were expecting, because I think some places are lucky to have three people to interview. Finding a new pastor, we found out, is not an easy thing. And you know. And then there's know. Lincoln, Nebraska. I, right, right. Which is amazing. We love it here, and we are a best kept secret. Mm. But you know, I mean, it's flat. <laughs> And fabulous. <laughs> and fabulous. Right. So anyway, um, yeah. So you got down to five candidates. Yes. And then what happened? Well, so then uh, the search committee. Went, one thing I found out early from our consultant, Tim West, he said, wow, your committee has nine people. Wow. And I was like, yeah. I mean, they represent the scope of our attendance. You know, there's male and female, there's alignment of, there's ages from age 25 to age 70. I'm not telling you where I fall on that. And anyway, we represent the body. And he's like, yeah, nine, that's a lot. Which, when we started trying to get our calendars together, yeah, it was a lot, but it worked. And so he said, well, that's an awfully big committee, but you know, you do what you want. And so we did, and <laughs> it was awesome. I have eight new best friends. I love them all, and that's been a, hit, a blessing I didn't even know was going mm. to be a part of it. Uh, but we interviewed um, the candidates. Interviews were an hour and a half via Zoom. And what, um, you know, we were committed to doing due diligence. We were committed to following the process, really believing that God had selected our next pastor, and that it was our job to pray and to follow the process, and we prayed for clarity, unity, and discernment. And God more than overwhelmed us with that. And 
um, as you read the document and what the nine search committee members say about the process and the interviewing, which, yeah. Oh, there's our document right oh, there's there. There's a document. You Let us see. know, by the way, if you didn't receive the document. When you Google Chris Shelton, there's apparently a couple of Chris Sheltons. Make sure that you're Googling our Chris Shelton, who's listed in the document, and there's some links that you can follow there. Uh, and good stuff here that you can see. Uh, oh, yeah. You guys are good back oh, there. Nice job. You know what? Yeah. The, we have links to his sermons that he provided, and they've been great. My 87-year-old mom and I, we watched one last week, and she looked at me, and she guess all she could say was, wow, he's hmm. good. That says something. My mom, she's picky. She, <laughs> so, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, so, Marilyn, you guys, you did Zoom interviews, two different Zoom interviews yes, with the candidates. Yes, we interviewed candidates twice, which I will say, NL Moore was, they said we went, <clears throat> our search committee went above and beyond what most church uh, search committees do, in that we interviewed four of the five candidates two times. And, um, yeah, so we wanted to be sure. Okay. And so Chris was the clear number one choice, and yes. then you brought him here, yes. and he interviewed in person. Yes, and, you know, um, N.L. Moore said, you know, Zoom interviews are black and white. When you meet them in person, it's technicolor. And it was, and it was, it was consistent. Everything we saw and heard and, you know, kind of picked up and felt from the Zoom interviews it was the same. It wasn't, it was just better. It just kept getting better. Yeah. This is so awesome. So he came on site. He was yeah. here. We interviewed him. Yep. And then, uh, and that just continued to give you green lights. Correct. And, uh, and so then his family actually came back here to kind of check out Lincoln together. Yes. If you can imagine, two high school uh, kids might be a little nervous about moving to our flat state and uh so yeah they came for another visit and got to meet more people and um just it every time um you know we interact with the sheltons it just reaffirms and confirms um what we've seen from the beginning um no surprises uh it just it just Hmm. What is that phrase? The best is yet to come. I mean, oh. it's just kind of that that feeling, and um, so that's um, awesome. You know, it's taken a year, and we needed a year. Um, mm -hmm. We've needed a year to make sure that we're not knee jerking or reacting, and um, to give us time to grieve. Yeah, and um, I think that God is blessing us through this. What other questions do you have? Well, I love this because here's what I want you guys to know. Uh, this is a document that's up here on the screen. This document has lots of information about Chris, his family, the search process, all those things. Because sometimes when we hear things, we're like, what? Because we went from, honestly, like, hey, did you guys hire a new pastor yet? To then we're like, uh, what? <laughs> Somebody's coming to my, to next week? And so that's kind of a big shock. So to be able to see all the work and time that you guys put in and then to know that this document exists. If you have not gotten this document and you care to, uh, just email office at newcovchurch.org. And uh, I know somebody that will send you one. So, so check that out. I'll be out in the gathering space afterwards as well as some other search committee members. Please, if you have any questions, come talk to us. Um, I realize we've had a lot more time to process this and spend time 
with with Chris, and so it is very new to you. And um, so we want you to read that information. Visit with us if you have any questions. We cannot wait for you to meet Chris mm. and Molly Shelton and their family. Awesome. Thank you. You can just set that down over there. And it's true because uh, I know I was like, okay, so I have to just trust the search team. And then when I finally got to meet Chris and his family, I was like, of course I trust the search team. So, uh, so here's, why, here's what I, I love about this and why I worked them in today uh, with the generous community piece. We took people with different giftings in different stages, and we brought them all together into this, uh, this pile of people that could use their different talents and their gifts and their resources uh, to be able to, to do something really beautiful. And what, what came out of that were new friendships, uh, encouragement from one another, and uh, I think a fantastic uh, resource for us uh, in, a, in a new pastor. So, uh, so again, using your time, talents, and resources for, for one another and to help others to know Jesus. So you guys, I'm standing here. I'm absolutely a result of a generous community. People that said, hey, let's reach out to this young man right there and, uh, and make sure that he's going to come along uh, okay. When we start talking about generous community, there's one passage that I think just pops into people's mind. When we talk about the, the church and the early church, it's in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, and it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. I love that, by the way, everything in common. That's because nothing else really mattered. Uh, verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to one another who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily... Uh, those who are being saved. So in this snapshot, we see, we see a snapshot of what it is to be a generous community. And we all have something to contribute. In fact, I think that one of the things that, that Satan tries to tell us is that we don't bring anything to the table, that we haven't been given a gift. Uh, but in Romans 12, 5 through 8, uh, the, the passage starts with this. We, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. And as you read on, you'll see that that includes serving and teaching and encouraging and mercy and, and uh, all those gifts that come from the Holy Spirit that dwells in us when we, when we ask Jesus to be Lord of our life and choose to follow him. So each one of us has something that we can bring to the table. And one of the, uh, one of the parallels here, Jesus told a, uh, a parable, the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, And if you'll remember, it went a little something like this. The master, uh, a rich master, gave gave money uh, to each of his servants, so three different servants. Uh, To one he gave a little bit more, and to another he gave um, a little less than that, and to one he gave a little less than that. And so the master went away. He said, hey, take care of this stuff for me. Uh, I'm leaving. And, And so when the master came back, the, the first two had doubled uh, what they were given. So they, they took what they were given and they invested it and they used it and, and all that to be able to, uh, to bring glory to the master. And when the master came back, he said, good job, 
uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, but then the last, the last servant that was given, the smaller amount, was maybe so filled with fear at what they'd been given and maybe didn't feel like it was a lot that they, they just buried it, right? You remember how this parable goes maybe? Uh, and so the master came back and, and said, oh gosh, I don't ever want to hear these words, by the way. You wicked, lazy servant. Being able to, to figure out what it is that we offer, uh, what giftings, Uh, what talents, what resources, what time we have to be able to offer to the community, uh, to people, is so, so important. And it's important that we continue to do that. Can Can you live for Jesus outside of a community, a generous community? Yeah, you can. Because that's, that's something that I commonly hear from people like, yeah, I'm not really, I'm following Jesus, but I don't, I don't really go to a church. I'm not really a part of, uh, of that. And, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. One of, the, one of the word pictures that come to my mind, and I actually meant to bring some firewood, but it rained last night, and so is a campfire. We built a lot of campfires this summer, and so you start with little, little twigs, and you just kind of uh, make sure that there's plenty of space and air. Anybody ever seen a campfire? Anyone? Okay. Um, and then you, yeah, I love that. You have. And then, and then you kind of build... Uh, up the bigger stuff and you kind of put it all in there and together. And then when you light it, it all starts. Uh, there's different components of it. There's a kindling that, uh, that kind of sparks it and gets it going and, and gets the fire going so that the bigger, heavier stuff can burn and, and that keeps going. But the first thing that you do when you go to put out a fire is you take the logs and the coals and you spread them out. You don't let them stay together. Because if they stay together, they continue to burn. And that's harder to put out. And the generous community needs to come together. And the, uh, we saw that with the pastor search team. We saw, we saw these people coming together, piling their giftings. And it was fun to hear the stories of like, oh, this person's really good with technology. And this person really does deep dive and research. And this person really makes us laugh. Um, hey, that matters. Uh, <laughs> anywho, so we often discover our gifting and roles and a way to contribute in the midst of community. And so that's why when you leave here today, we've got this, uh, that little sheet that has opportunities for you to be able to, to get connected and to, uh, and to be able to become a part of and feel a part of a body of believers uh, that, that love Jesus. So my favorite part about the Acts 2 passage, we could spend a lot of time going through uh, that passage, and, and people do, and there's no doubt. Um, but I'm also excited to be able to bring up some folks today to, to interview to talk about other experiences that, that happened this summer where people came together to be able to, uh, to be able to glorify Jesus and to make his name known. But my very favorite part in Acts 2 so when it says the Lord uh, was adding to the number being saved. There's something about when we pile our logs, if you will, when we come together, our light burns brighter. People see and notice uh, the love of Jesus through the community of believers. One of my very favorite things to do uh, when I have a friend uh, is I love being able to, to bring them around you guys. 
to be able to see like, oh my gosh, you need to meet these people. You need to be able to experience uh, this community and those things. And so uh, for some of us, maybe that looks like, you know, figuring out what are the things that, that you're just naturally drawn to? What giftings do you have? What things do you like? Uh, for me, I, I didn't necessarily realize that I like sand volleyball, and honestly, it makes my body hurt. But it's a really good way to invite some of my uh, some of my younger friends to come and play sand volleyball, and then meet a community of believers that are like awesome, awesome people. And or having a neighbor over sometimes. Sometimes I'll be strategic and strategic because I I care about them. But I'll I'll be able to have a neighbor over for dinner or. My family will, because, well, I don't contribute a lot uh, to the dinners. I feel like this is kind of a time for me to be real honest. Uh, so we'll have people over, and then sometimes I'll invite folks from church, uh, some of my, my friends from church, because I want them to be able to, to recognize that, you know, Troy's a pastor, he gets paid to be nice, but, hey, these people are awesome. And so figuring out what does that look like. Of course, you can invite people to Sunday morning. You can invite people to a Bible study. Uh, maybe Maybe you like to to ride bikes or camp or sew or uh, whatever it happens to be, but figuring out how to use those giftings uh, to be able to help others to know Jesus and then uh, for them to be able to see the love that exists in a community of believers. And guys, New Cove is an amazing, amazing place uh, for people to be able to get connected and to be able to see the love of Jesus. So... um, I do believe that people are longing for belonging. They're longing to be understood. They're longing to be known. They're longing uh, to know that they have something to offer, that they matter. And I believe that when we come together, then we discover some of those things. And so a lot of the things that, we'll, uh, that we have uh, for you today on that sheet, and then I'm going to talk about connection consultants in just a second because we want you to be able to connect. We want you to be able to connect to the church body so that you can uh, can discover the gifting that you have and the things that you can contribute and then come alive for Jesus so that more people will see uh, the love that we have for one another and that that will draw them uh, to Jesus. So I would like to bring up... Uh, Connie and Josh here in just a second. They're going to talk a little about Royal Family Kids Camp. We've, of course, uh, New Cove has been big in supporting. Uh, I told them I'd say something real subtle like, I'll say your name and then come on up and then you'll know. Um, New Cove's been big in coming alongside of, of Royal Family because some people in, in New Cove's community became uh, interested in Royal Family Kids Camp, and so they, uh, they let us know about it. And, and so we were, we were so excited to be able to come alongside of Royal Family Kids Camp. So guys, grab a microphone and then come on over this way. This is Josh and Connie. Come on out here to the middle so that everybody can see you because you guys are fantastic. Um, so first of all, can I do this? Can I say if Anybody in here, if you were a part of any part of Royal Family Kids Camp, will you guys just stand up real quick so that we can see? Yeah. So I do that not to shame the rest of us. I should have sat down because I was not a part. 
But that gives you people that you can look at and you can go, hey, I could ask them some more questions about that. My reason for bringing Connie and Josh up here is because I think that they can, they can give us a, a highlight uh, reel. They can tell us a little bit about royal family and then uh, maybe that sparks something inside of us that we're like, hey, I think that my gifts, my talents, my resources, my time, something like that uh, could be a part of that or this is a, a way that we could play out. So we're going to start with Connie. Uh, right over there, Connie. You've been you've been a part of Royal Family for. This was my 19th year this year. <laughs> Ever, yeah. And there are people that have done it longer than me, um, and they are in this church. So. Wow. Jamie Sue, I'm looking at you guys, Marissa. Uh oh, now we're pointing fingers. Um, okay, so Connie, first of all, just for the the rest of us here. What is Royal Family Kids Camp? We've heard a little bit about it, but what, what is that? Yeah. So we have Royal Family Kids Camp, and so we're kind of Royal Family Kids now. Royal Family Kids Camp is the week-long camp that we get to go to in July. Um, you see these lovely pictures behind us of some of the activities we get to do, but it's for kids in foster care. These kids um, get to come together just in a community of other kids that have maybe gone through similar experiences as them. Um, we get to pour out into their lives. We get to be that positive influence. We get to show them Jesus. Um, you know, we get to do fun things. Um, it's really just an amazing opportunity to have fun. I mean, that's like the biggest, like, it's like, Hey, come out and have fun with these kids and share Jesus with them in a fun way and just love on them because they may not have had those positive experiences in their life. So that's the camp. And then we have a mentoring program as well through that, the school year. Okay. So, so tell us a little bit about the, the mentoring program. So you don't just do camp and then like, Hey, maybe we'll see you next year. There's, there's more to that. Um, so throughout the school year, um, these kids qualify for, again, it's our special mentoring program. So if anyone has spent the week out, at camp with us, you qualify to be a mentor for these kids. Um, so you spend, it's like four hours a month, plus once a month you do, it's called club. We come together and have like a mini camp. Um, and we are short mentors, so if you have ever been out there for a week, um, consider being a mentor for us. Maybe look for that email that came in your inbox that you look past, huh? <laughs> So, Connie, 19 years, what is it that keeps you coming back year after year? Because your, your life has changed over maybe 19 years. Some things have gotten, been different, yeah. right? Um, I, honestly, I still cry every year when the kids leave. Um, and that's even being a part of the Mentoring in Club program. Like, I know I'm going to see some of these kids. And it just, just seeing the way these kids are Monday, maybe they're shy. Maybe they're a little like, you know, the tough guys. I got to be tough you know, at home in my environment. And then by Thursday, when we do our talent show, like seeing these kids break out of their shells and just become these, these little light of like, I don't even really know how to describe it. It's It's just amazing just to see the way that these kids have transformed in these four days that we've known them. Um, just by having that safe, positive environment, um, which is also good because then when they are in the mentoring program, they get to keep continuing having that positive influence in their life. So, Wow, that's awesome. Josh, you're not just here for your beard. No. Uh, that, that would probably be enough, though. 
Okay. So this was, this was your first year doing this. Yep. What, what brought you from never doing Royal Family Kids Camp to saying like, all right, I'm in? Well, I think, you know, in the abstract, I'm like, oh, well, that would be a fun thing to do. You know, you hear about it from year to year, and then you just get on with your life. Um, and so I had all these wonderful excuses not to go this year that seemed very safe. Um, the gentlemen from the Tuesday night men's group were pretty relentless. You know, oh, have you heard about this? This is going on. We all guys. do it. It's, oh, they're tough. Um, but, you know, I, I had great excuses. I said, well, we're going to be in Mexico that week. You know, I've got a vacation going on, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, then, you know, God had other plans. He's like, actually, we're going to move that vacation, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And so now I'm sitting here already having that exact week off work, um, knowing that I love kids and would love to be a part of this. And then I started getting, you know, text messages and emails like, hey, if we don't find a couple more people, we're going to have to turn kids away. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I I get it. You know, like, everybody wants to hear from God until you hear from God. Um, And so... uh, (laughs) Do you want to use these notes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm just very, very happy that I went. It was a pretty awesome experience. I mean, it was, it was incredible. That's amazing. So tell the rest of us, like, what did you, what did you do? What was it? Um, so, you know, I, should, I haven't talked about this a lot, uh, this experience a lot, outside of just with my family and a couple of close friends. Um, it... It was really impactful, and it's kind of been hard to figure out a way to discuss it without either, you know, becoming emotional or feeling like I'm virtue signaling, you know, without feeling boastful. Um, so my, my role was I was a counselor, and so um, each counselor works in tandem with another counselor, and you each have two – you get the privilege of having two kids that you're responsible for for the entire week um, – but that's not to say that it's only your responsibility. The amount of support that goes in, I mean, there was never a moment where I felt like I was unsupported or there weren't, you know, four, five, six people just waiting to jump in and help with anything we might need. Um, but it was, it was pretty incredible. I mean, to be able to just turn the phones off, you know, and just pour love into these kids and just get to, you know, you didn't have to go digging into what brought them there or what their life was like outside of camp. You just got to model good behaviors, you know, just love on these kids, let them have fun, be a kid yourself, you know, mm-hmm. goof off. Um, it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty impactful and pretty fantastic. Wow. Now, you also talked about just the, uh, your favorite part about camp when we, when we chatted just a little bit earlier and, and being around the other people. It, Tell us about that. You know, as awesome as the kids were, you know, and I love kids and to get to spend time with them, you know, and I was fortunate too. They kind of, you know, if it's your first year, they kind of lobby a softball, you know, they gave us some pretty <laughs> well-behaved, awesome kids to work with, um, which was nice. But for me, I think probably one of the more impactful things were the other people that were there serving. Just to be in a community of adults that were singularly focused on these kids, um, there was no... You know, I told my wife when I got home, you know, from Sunday to Friday, I didn't see anybody being selfish, rude, judgmental, um, getting irritated with people. It was just this incredible loving environment, um, and it was just it was just amazing to be in that community of people. And then, you know, that builds into you, and then you want to build other mm. people up, and it just – it's contagious, and it just flows. And I think it's – you know, it kind of mirrors that picture of what the church community is supposed to be, you mm-hmm. know, and what you wish it would be. Um, and for that little snap, you know, that little window in time, 
you know, it was just absolutely amazing to be a part of that. Wow. Wow. Hey, let's give these guys a hand. Thank you guys so much. Sure. Thank you, Don. What an, what an awesome picture of, of people letting the love of Jesus live through them and, and making an impact on real people and real kids in real situations. And so uh, it's something to, I think, for all of us to, to look into. That's a, it's a great opportunity to be able to come together like that. Now I want to have Zach come up here. Uh, so... You guys, those of you guys that felt like, hey, things were a little light on scripture today, Troy, just want you to know, hey, we are living it out and we want to figure out ways that we can, uh, that we can come together and, and make an impact for Jesus where we are. So let me get you one of these, Zach. I should have grabbed it. You got it? Zach wanted to share a microphone with me. Just please note that. That would be, (laughs) we're pretty close. You got it. All right. So, Zach, uh, you've been a part of Builders for Christ. Since about 98, 99. Okay. So uh, that's longer than 19 years, according to my calculations. (laughs) Okay. So, Zach, first of all, what is Builders for Christ? Builders for Christ is an organization. Just hold it up a little. Okay. Builders for Christ is an organization out of Birmingham, Alabama that provides financing and volunteer coordination for churches that are not able to do it themselves to build either new places, new worship auditoriums, or remodel uh, and add additions because many of the things that we've done over the years is expansion because the word is 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 working in that community and and they're um, having increased congregation participation. Okay, so New Cub was a part of Builders yep. for Christ, right? Is that ninety yep. six? The old the what the youth wing is today. That was our original uh, worship auditorium, and it was built through coordination with Builders for Christ, and. Uh, a lot of faces in here participated in that muddy mess. I did not. I was not here at that time. Awesome. So what would, is that an opportunity that anybody could be a part of, Zach? 
No, we, we need licensed carpenters and electricians <laughs> and dietitians. No, not. Yeah, anybody can participate. Uh, we, we do the normal construction stuff, drywalling, uh, duct work, but we also have a, a group of ladies and men who sew and they create, um, they create products to distribute in the uh, community, either to uh, children's homes or old folks' homes or retirement homes. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, Thank you. Yeah. 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 Just feeling pretty offended. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So there's anything for anybody. And the only thing you have to bring is, is a willing willing heart and uh, willing hands, you know. Zach told me I could even come because I'm pretty good with a broom. So, so we got that going for We're, us. Yeah. We all are gifted to the shovel. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, man, I can dig holes. Uh, anywho, <laughs> you're so fun, Zach. So does this happen every summer? It does. It has, I think that we're, we're on the, we just completed the 27th trip, wow. I think. Wow. So. so if these folks are thinking like, hey, this might be a fun trip for me individually or me and my family, is that a possibility? Yeah, yeah. we, we uh, participate, we partner with a Parkside Baptist Church out of Denison, Texas, and uh, there's a language problem there, but we, we, we work through it. And uh, we, we usually do the week of the 4th of July, which probably uh, cuts down the number of people that can go. But we've seen fireworks uh, from many, many different places. Love that. And so it's, it's cool. Yeah, so many of the people that go, volunteers go, um, they take a a little bit of a vacation either before or after and uh, because they're usually in a different place that they've, you know, not visited before. Yeah, that's awesome. So keep that that in your mind when you hear Builders for Christ and we're looking at next year and those dates are going to come out sometime in the next six months or so and we'll be able to make sure that folks know what's going on, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Hey, let's give Zach and the Builders for Christ team a hand and then let's bring the worship team on up too. Uh, I know I kind of hide this a lot, but man, I love this place and and, uh, I really love that the things that the impact that we're able to make. Uh, Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for today. Thanks for an opportunity to be able to see glimpses of you assembling people, bringing people together uh, that know you and love you. And and as you do that, uh, creating a space that, that people are drawn to you. God, I pray that you would use us individually, us as a church, us as a body of believers to help others to know you and to desire you. And God, may you draw uh, this community to yourself. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.